Hey everyone, welcome back to EDT 598. I think I spared you last week from uh, podcasting goodness. So this week you have to endure my voice and listen to all of my words of wisdom and such. No, no, no. What I what I uh, want to do is record a podcast to help you out as we dive into the empathy phase and also to um, just send kind of a blanket uh, congratulations on your discovery phase work. I was really impressed by what I've seen uh, in your blogging and what I've seen, uh, particularly the responses I saw to other people's blogs. Uh, I found that very interesting. I found those reads some of my favorites um, of the entire course so far. Um, I know we're like uh, almost at the end of two months. We're like a month and three quarters in. And um, I was just really taken with the writing I saw and the connections being made between people's ideas. So much so that I really encourage you uh, over these these next posts, um, even though that I don't expressly cite it in the assignment, um, there's such richness there. There's so so much to say about what each other is thinking and doing that I really want to encourage you to get into that critical conversation place and and start um, connecting. You've got the discussion board, which is on, on Blackboard, which is a fantastic place to do it. Um, you can also do it through social media. Uh, Twitter is my uh, preferred a uh, way for communication on social media. Uh, if you if you go to the social media tab on um, the 598 Critical Conversation Tracker, you'll see that Jess and Angela and Maureen and Jill have all posted links to their Twitters there. Um, so you can easily find everybody. Use the hashtag uh, EDT598. Uh, you can also tag me at Wicked Decent on there. And, um, that's a good way to, um, have that conversation in a public sphere about ideas and such, um, that you're having. Uh, I liked the, what I've seen the little bit that has been on the, um, blackboard discussion board. So climb in there and get talky talky on that space, uh, because there's really, um, some fantastic things happening when people are looking at others work. Um, I also really enjoyed the reflections on your, um, user manuals and what people realized as a result of creating those and designing those and the idea of comparison and how that makes things so much harder. Um, and that's really important in design and in design thinking and in, in working with kids um, thinking about design thinking, we have to focus on that which we know and that which is um, most germane to the problem and most germane to our experiences. And we have to kind of set aside our comparisons to what someone else might be designing. It's it's not about what someone else's solution is. It's what your solution is. It's not what someone else feels uh, will work and what won't work from their point of view as a designer, it's what you know from 
connecting with your user from the discovery work you've done. You can certainly use their discovery work. You can certainly use their empathy work. But if you see another design going up uh, and someone else is trying to solve the problem in another way, and instead of looking at that for insights or possibilities or letting that inform your design and you're simply comparing like which one is better, which one's worse. Oh, well, what they're doing isn't going to be as good, you know, is, is better than mine because mine isn't very good. Um, like let that in, let that stuff go. Uh, focus on uh, retrieving ideas, uh, informing and inspiring by others work rather than simply saying um, mine isn't good enough because it isn't this. Uh, I I really appreciate the vulnerability that was on display as people were discussing that. So well done, everybody. There's your little five minutes of feel good. <laughs> and now it's going to get real. Um, we, we need to start digging into this empathy work. Empathy is really challenging. And as a result, I'm going to kind of hit you with a lot of content to work with this week. Uh, I don't, I'm not just going to pile on the actual work because what good is that if you don't have any time to put the empathy skills into practice with your um, with your your design challenge that you're facing? Um, so you're, you've got between now and the end of next week. I felt like the two weeks is a, is a more reasonable amount of time for the discovery work and the empathy work. Uh, a little heads up, your experiment phase is going to be much faster. I'm only going to let you kind of get wild and crazy for a week. Um, and then I'm going to push you to produce a prototype in the space of a week because of that bias to action. Um, so just giving you a little heads up, we're, you're, you will have a prototype of your solution out there for feedback from others and from your stakeholders before Thanksgiving. That is going to happen. So just keep that in mind. Another thing to think about um, moving forward, not in this two-week window, but in the following. Uh, so we're looking at the beginning of November, so you can kind of you know, plan ahead a little bit. That that we, last week of, uh, of October that bleeds into November is the week of like Halloween. We're going to be going back to the Show Your Work um, book. And you're going to be doing the documenting of your process daily. And you're going to be doing daily daily reflections, daily insights, um, daily captures. And I'm going to be asking you to do that for the space of two weeks. That Every day you are going to post something that shows what you've been doing. Um, even if that doing is nothing. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to post it. You're going to kind of be your own... Uh, you're going to be your own accountability friend and you're going to put it out there into, into the world. That um, doesn't mean every day you have to do something huge and massive. It means that every day you want to document your process. Um, but I won't get too far into that now. I just want to give you a heads up that that's on the horizon so it doesn't catch you off guard and you can plan ahead a little bit um, for that. But as you dig into this empathy work, I, I've already pointed out the chapters uh, chapters in the books that I'd like you to read. Um, it's the, the emotion chapter in the Lupton text, and then it's the spark chapter in Creative Confidence. I really like that they frame the, the empathy-heavy chapter uh, of Creative Confidence 
spark because the idea is that you get ideas from those empathy interviews. You get ideas from listening to people talk about what their real needs are as opposed to it's just collecting data points. Um, it really speaks highly to the importance of a conversation and developing, I shouldn't say a relationship, but developing a a path of communication between you and the user that is authentic, that's based on you really truly wanting to help them. And for you to see just how much more powerful that is than using survey tools, um, than using Google Forms. Uh, I'm totally guilty of using Google Forms with my students uh, and doing design challenges when we're trying to rapid fire uh, empathy interview uh, and, and, and gather up data. And there's actually nothing wrong with using surveys as a tool, I, I don't believe. I don't think there's anything wrong with using it as a tool. Where we run into problems is when we use that as our only tool. We use that as our only only guide, our only insight into empathy. Because what if you have a bad, what if you have um, a challenging uh, and ineffective um, uh, form where the questions are horribly biased or kind of fail to ask the question that really needs asking. And that's because you didn't get a chance to talk to somebody. You didn't see their response to an initial question. So you didn't craft a follow-up. So very important um, that you talk to people, um, that you connect to those end users. And as you're figuring out which users to talk to, think about the variety of users of your design. Think about extreme users, people who will use it every single day. And then think about the people who will only use it once. And think about the impact something can have on you that you only do one time. I'm thinking, uh, I, I use Disney World a lot as an example when I'm working with students. Um, not because most of them have been there, but because it's kind of like a, a cultural touchstone that we that even if we haven't been there, we kind of have a sense of what it is. It is my favorite place on earth. I am a hook, line, and sinker sucker for the Disney World experience. I love it when I retire. Uh, I've already told my wife that that is where I want to work. And that's what I want to do. And she's game on for it. Because as much as I hate the humidity of Florida, I absolutely love the idea of making people feel the way I feel when I'm at Disney. For some people, they feel overwhelmed and they feel like they're being sold to all this stuff. And instead, I feel like I'm not worried about anything else except being in the experience. And not because people whisk me away, but there's just a kindness. There's this, this user-first thing going on. And I think of when I go to Disney, the things they do, the little things they do, the misters, the, the covered places to wait for trams. Uh, the the tram system and the boat system and the train system and all these different ways of, of maneuvering. Every time I've ever gotten on a bus, the people driving the bus have been super friendly and helpful. And that might be the only time I ride that bus. This, and that's important, right? Um, in fact, it, it like I enjoy it so much. My, my weirdest favorite moment was we had to go to Lost and Found. Now, the Lost and Found experience needs a redesign because it is terrible as a, as a system. Uh, it's The Lost and Found is out in the middle of nowhere. It's a repurposed building. 
It's it's just awful to get to. It's difficult to access. They want you to give up, I think. However, when we got in there, the young gentleman working there was amazing. He was the nicest, kindest, most hilarious person. Uh, we I joked around with him about his job and what he had to do. And he was, you know, and we kind of went in. I Admittedly, we went looking for an umbrella. I, why? I don't know. Um, it, like, it really needed to find an umbrella? But we went looking for an umbrella. And uh, he, I mean, he went through all the umbrellas. And he came out with four possibilities. And he said, wait, I know of another bin. I'll be back. You know, it's just this great experience. Experience once I got through the door and it just showed me that he was understanding what we were going through as people who had lost something. And I looked around at this terrible building he was in that just lacked any of the Disney magic. And I was like, oh, we should send this guy some things to spruce it up <laughs> like, because it, just his, his experience could not be terrific. Um, so all that is to say, that's what I think of when I think of, You've got a user, you get the person who's going to use it every day. This, this gentleman works there every day and what it must be like for him. And then what it must be like for us to go in there just that one time, right? You can either have magic, like the first time I went on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad as an adult, and it was just the most amazing thing ever. Um, or you can have the uh, moment of going into the lost and found. So, um, be thinking of, of that as you're doing your empathy interviews and you're thinking about the problem you're trying to solve and who's going to end up using, um, the end results of your problem, trying to talk to a few different people. Um, you want to shoot for over these next two weeks, you want to shoot for three empathy interviews. And I would really love for people to share their experience. If you feel comfortable doing so, uh, even if it's in notes, even if it's, it's, chicken scratch notes or, or pictures of sketch notes you've taken during it. Um, a little bit about your users that you've talked to and what their experiences were. I'd like you to put that on the discussion board as opposed to your blog. The reason I don't want you to put it on the blog is I don't want that stuff to be out in the public. You've, they've entrusted you with a, with a sense of, um, of safety and security and, and privacy, um, to, to find out their insights. Um, we can benefit as students by having those conversations, you know, change their names and things like that. We, if we keep it in-house. There's a way for us to respectfully um, maintain that privacy while still learning from each other and each other's experiences. So I'm going to put up a post, uh, a post, a topic on the Blackboard discussion board for, for folks to share their insights and their experiences with their, with their user interviews. Um, that's, and I'll put an announcement on, on, um, on Google Classroom so that, that you, you remember to do that. Um, but that's going to go up tonight um, as soon as I finish this recording, which is now uh, rolling into, uh, let's see, we just passed the 15-minute mark. So we're, we're still, we're still kind of okay. We're going we're gonna to try to button up the ships here. Um, just as a heads up of what else is coming down the road in terms of empathy work, um, because this is our first work with empathy, um, I didn't want to overload you all too much with some of the concerns uh, that are happening in the world of design. 
with regards to empathy, authentic empathy, and in the conversations that we're having about equity, co-design, privilege, savior status, uh, and some of the some of the really important uh, discussions that are happening in terms of design potentially perpetuating um, inequality uh, and inequities uh, in our culture and society. If we dug into those weeds right in the beginning, uh, we could just end up in the cycle um, of, of never really getting to a place where we're practicing uh, the ideas. That said, um, know that on the kind of back end of your design challenge, um, I'm going to be asking you to dig into some work with bias. I'm going to post some links to some work. And if you want to dig into them now, go for it. If you want to look up the National Equity Project, um, look up some of the issues happening with bias and design, um, look at some of the problems with empathy, um, doing empathy wrong, so to speak. Um, and some people who think that there is no way to truly empathize. Um, I disagree. And there are still some important insights to be found there. Uh, but it's really important that we do address that during the space of this course, um, primarily because if we don't confront that right off, we can go down this road of, of design is such a wonderful thing. And it's, it's oh, it's, it's going to save the world. And the reality is it can uh, very much so if it's done well and if it's also done with a keen eye towards the biases that a designer might be bringing to the table. Um, when we say bias, we tend to just immediately lean towards um, both gender and um, race. Uh, but there's other biases we have as well, socioeconomic biases, um, uh, professional biases, um, working bias, you know, work, uh, worlds of work biases, um, any, anything that we, we carry with us. So, we're going to dig into that kind of after our designs um, and look back at our designs through those lenses. So I'm making you a little aware of this now. So you just, you, you, you're, you're tuned to it. If you feel like, Hey, I need to push myself into these places. Cause I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm familiar with design thinking at this point, And I want to go there. Uh, if you want some help finding things, you can holler at me and I'll immediately share with you uh, my resources. Um, but if not, I don't. I just don't want to add that to the pile, um, especially if you're feeling stressed. I know for a lot of people, um, we're nearing the end of trimesters and quarters, and um, it's it's a challenging time uh, this these next uh, few weeks. And you've got you've got plenty to work on. All right. Speaking of working on, big announcement about class assignments. One. We are not going to try to accomplish a second design challenge. I know it was in the syllabus that there'll be two. I think it's I think it is going to be too much to try to wrangle a second design challenge uh, in that last third of the class. Um, I think it's going to be rushed. I think it's not going to be super effective. I would much rather us use that time to refine and go back through the cycle and improve upon your current design challenge. So that's where that's going. The other piece 
that we haven't really talked about. And I would rather you spend that time doing because I think it's a much more doable piece of work. Um, and we haven't talked about it yet. Um, I think it's going to be valuable to you is the portfolio. I think it's going to be much, much more valuable for you to put together a design thinking user manual for yourself, a guide for yourself um, based on the things that you found, the things that you've encountered, um, the things that you're seeing, the things you want to know more about. Um, so that's, that's going to be the focus rather than an ongoing, that's going to kind of, that's going to be that last third refining and reiterating and do, you know, doing a new iteration of this design challenge that you're on. And then this portfolio piece that um, portfolio is not the best name for it at the time when I was coming up with it, I just didn't have a better name, um, but I'm going to come up with something snappier. Um, kind of think of it as you're going to be designing a design thinking text for beginners, namely yourself and anyone you might be wanting to share this with. If everyone else can come up with a design thinking manual, why can't you? Um, so we're going to, that's going to fuse your user manual work. It's going to fuse the experience you've had with your design challenge. And it's going to end up being a product that hopefully you will make into something that is useful to both you and to your colleagues around you. And who knows whom else? It might be useful to the rest of the world. And that next thing you know, you're making a million dollars off of a thing you made for EDT 598. Who knew? Who knew? Um, these are real possibilities. So that's uh, a heads up of some more of what's to come uh, in the rest of the semester. We're getting near the half hour mark. Like we just passed 21 minutes, uh, 22 or 22 minutes right now. And so I'm going to say, Good evening or good morning or good afternoon or whatever time of day you're listening to this. I hope you have a fantastic one. Um, if you have questions, put them, especially if they're questions that aren't specifically for me relating just to you, but they're questions about the design experience and design thinking, throw them into the blackboard. Let's get some conversation going there. Um, I, I don't want to presume to know what you're, what you're thinking, uh, what you're knowing. Um, Throw it on the on the table there, and let it, let us all work together um, to answer. It. And if you want to throw it into Twitter, throw it in Twitter, and then we can benefit from a much broader community of design thinkers, uh, which is has been invaluable for me. All right, have a fantastic one, and cool.